Hello, my name is Matthew Philbrick, host of The Real Game, a podcast by coaches for coaches. Welcome to episode seven of The Real Game, a podcast by coaches for coaches. We have today what I would consider to be a pretty interesting topic at hand, and I've brought in some experts to help us wade through this today. The topic we're going to be discussing today is the difference between coaching boys and girls. So in my 25 years of coaching, I have coached some girls here and there, uh, not a lot, mostly soccer. Uh, my my area has been most, mostly in coaching high school boys. I knew for this topic, though, I'd have to bring in a couple of guys that really know what they're doing and have a lot of experience in this area. So first off, I'd like to introduce Rick Harrison. Rick and I uh, coached together in Indiana for five years. Uh, we had the privilege of, of coaching his sons together there and experienced a lot of success there. But Rick, you've been coaching for a long time, and you've coached a lot of girls' teams. Most recently, I think, up at uh, Summit University in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania. You enjoyed some success there and won a championship. Um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your coaching journey, kind of how you got started, and, and how it's brought you to where you're at now? I don't even remember what I did yesterday. Well, I'll try. Big <laughs> <laughs> um, I started... Um, in Indiana, uh, back in the late eight eighties. And, uh, I was coaching guys, soccer guys, basketball, um, did that for a couple of years left for a little while. And then, uh, I was coaching a lot of younger kids, you know, with my sons. Um, and I coached them in soccer, basketball, um, in different like city leagues, rec leagues, if you want to call it that. Um, but I want to totally coach them. I want them to get a taste of other people as well. So I wasn't like doing them all the time. Uh, and I got back into coaching into school again later on and uh, did the guys varsity JV. And then you came along and then I helped you assisted you for five years and that was a great five years and then during that time well even just a little before that time maybe I, um they asked my wife because they were starting a girls program so they asked her to help thinking she would know basketball since she was married to a <laughs> basketball coach <laughs> so like it's like she'd come home ask me questions and i'd tell her different things and then before long then i just kind of started talking to some of the coaches, like they would ask me things. And then I started being at some practices and everything. So then I started getting involved with the ladies. And, um, but then, uh, um, then after you left, I went back to, I was coaching girls and guys, both, uh, when you left Indiana and, uh, still doing soccer as well. And then uh, God called us to Northland International University, where I coached the ladies there for a couple of years. And then I coached the guys one year, and then the school closed. And then we went to Myrtle Beach, 
and then I coached down there like uh, fifth and sixth grade uh, guys, seventh and eighth grade guys, uh, JV varsity guys, JV varsity girls baseball, ladies soccer. And then after a few years, God brought us to Clarkson University up there in Pennsylvania, where I was there the last four years. And then this past year, I helped a young lady who started her career as a coach down here at called First, uh, First Baptist Academy in Naples. So I was her assistant. Awesome. So awesome. Kind of the journey. Yeah. That, and that's, that's a lot of coaching experience from kids all the way up through college age, uh, college age girls. And, and uh, that'll definitely come in handy here in our discussion in a couple of minutes, but I want to shift focus over to Tim for a little bit. Tim, why don't you, why don't you kind of do the same thing and just give us a little overview of your coaching history? Yeah. Um, my high school coach and I were, uh, were very close. Um, and he just, he had a tremendous impact on my life growing up. So, um, I knew if there was ever an opportunity for, for me to coach and potentially have the same impact, uh, on the next generation, I would love that. And I graduated college in 2003 and, um, was talking to the AD over at Calvary Baptist in Lansdale. And he mentioned there was going to be an opening. Um, so I said, okay. Um, so my wife and I were just married and um, started coaching there. So I coached the varsity boys uh, for two years uh, over at Calvary. And then uh, uh, my wife and I uh, were starting to have a family. And so I stopped coaching um, after the 2006, 2007 uh, timeframe. And then I really didn't pick it back up again until my oldest, who is now 16. Uh, she was probably around eight years old. And she was having an interest in playing basketball. So I started coaching all her township leagues again. And then um, my wife and I, uh, we have three girls. Uh, so I decided, hey, might as well stay on the uh, on the girl side of, of coaching. Um, and then when my oldest was in sixth grade, an opportunity came to coach middle school girls at Calvary. Uh, worked with a great, great group of girls. And as they got older and were ready to move up to varsity, uh, an opportunity allowed me to move up there with them. So that's where I've been the past three years is coaching uh, varsity girls basketball at Calvary. Awesome. Awesome. And you guys, you guys have both enjoyed success. You, you both, you know, you both know where you're doing. You, you both have good, a good system in place and, and you've enjoyed some success over the years. So in a second, we're going to jump right into some of the questions. I just want to clarify for our listeners, first of all, that our goal in this discussion is just to be as objective as possible. We're not trying to be sexist. We're not trying to label girls and guys, anything. But I do, I do, even in the brief experience I've had, I do know that there are some differences in coaching girls and guys, and maybe not in X's and O's and things like that, but there's some definitely, definitely some differences that we want to talk about and maybe just be a help to some other coaches who maybe they're transitioning from one to the other. You know, they're not sure down the road, they might coach girls or coaching boys now, but either way, our, our, our goal is just to be helpful. And I think that that our discussion will lead us in that direction today. So, Rick, I'm going to start with you. This is just, boom, let's get right to the point, okay? From your experience, do you think girls should be coached differently than boys? Um, in my experience, I haven't coached different. Um, I coach them the same. Um, like, when it comes to drills and different things like that, like I do the same thing. I might have to uh, scale back, you know, and it doesn't matter if I have girls or guys, depending on the talent I've had. 
Um, I've had to adjust, you know, and do different things with the drills. But like coaching, like it's for me, this is just me talking. For mm-hmm. me, it's always been the same who I've coached. It hasn't mattered. And the ladies, you know, they like to be coached. Um, if you want to say, you know, where you're not, say, like not being, you know, okay, let's just, you know, play and have fun, you know, type of thing. I right, mean, right. they like to dig in and they like to work hard. And, and then, of course, you know, if they see fruit, you know, from what they, the work that they put in, you know, it definitely helps. But I mean, they're just as gung ho as the guys and will work just as hard. So, you know, I've never coached any different okay. uh, when it comes to either one. That's good. That's that's a great answer. I I think that no matter who we're talking about, whether it's guys or girls, uh, in this case, we're going to be talking specifically more about girls. There's always going to be exceptions too. some girls might like to be coached more like guys. Some guys might like to be coached more like girls. But but some coaches, depending on their their the nature of their coaching style, are going to be very consistent no matter which one they're coaching. Um, I know, I know a lot of different kinds of coaches. Some of them are yellers and screamers. Some of them are more passive. Um, you know, so I, I think maybe it just depends on the type of coach that you are too, but Tim, uh, let's come over to you for a second. What do you think of this statement? You should be more blunt and direct when coaching boys because they aren't as sensitive as girls. Yeah, I think as, as a coach, um, it's, it's imperative upon the coach, um, to know their players mm-hmm. and um, varsity guys, varsity girls, um, and how you get across to them. So, on uh, for for some players, um, you can be more blunt, um, and some for other players, you have to take a different approach. But it's it's imperative upon the coach um, to figure that out uh, and to know how they handle uh, the players and how they're going to get the best response. Uh, and the best effort out of their players from that. So uh, for me, it has always been get to know your players. And from there, you'll know how they'll, how they will respond. So regardless of whether they're guys or girls, yep. the important part is know your players and then you'll know how to relate to them and how they're going to respond in any scenario. And I agree. And, and I agree 100% with what Rick said. Um, my practice is identical. Mm-hmm. Looked at how I coach varsity boys and varsity girls, identical practice schedule. Yep. Yep. That's a good point. Um, Rick, sometimes there's conflict within a team. We've probably all three of us as coaches experienced that at just at some level, you know, maybe not all the time, but do you think boys are more likely to move on more quickly after conflict than girls or and are girls more likely to carry it with them and let it fester and perhaps disrupt team performance more? Me being a guy, Yes, I can move on. Mm-hmm. And I have in my life when I played. Um, so judging from that, uh, yeah, girls, I think, you know, it tends to fester a little more, you know, with the experiences that I've had anyways, um, and to try to, you know, get them to work things out. I'm not saying guys, it doesn't carry over some too, because sure, it does. Sure. But usually, you know, when the ball goes up, you know, the jump ball at the beginning of the game, guys can just pretty much go at it and not think a thing about it. And then after the game, they might think about it again, where sometimes during the game, you know, it can be a little bit 
you know, whatever, you know, like <laughs> somebody's not passing it to me, you know, or whatever you know, type right, of thing, you right. know. And uh, so, so yeah, from my experience, I think, you know, it could possibly fester a little longer with the ladies and you got to get it straightened out as quick as you can. Yeah. Tim, is that kind of your experience too, or, or do you find it to be about the same? I feel like it's about the, about the same. Um, yeah. Um, I haven't seen, seen much carryover, you know, one way or another. And, and my assistants do a a tremendous job and, and, and they, they, they feel the pulse as well. If I'm missing something, sure. uh, will come alongside, Hey, you know, look at this, watch this, keep your eye on this. Um, so as, as a team, and a unit we're we're sort of working that out together good good tim in your in your experience coaching both boys and girls teams do you believe boys sometimes are more overconfident uh while girls tend to lack confidence no i actually i don't i think what happens a lot of times is um the the boys will be the boys will take a little bit more chance and liberty uh within the offense and within the defense and within the scheme and, and the girls will follow the game plan um, to the T. Uh, and so that's a teaching experience on, on both sides. When I coach varsity boys, I had to keep re-emphasizing, stay within the game plan, stay within the game plan because they're mm-hmm. taking so many chances. Uh, and then on the other side, it's teaching the girls to, what about this? Did you think about this? Did you react on this? Right. So, no, I don't, I think it's how they, they look at the game plan. And I think, boys will take a little bit more chance and liberty um, and the girls will follow the game plan and they both have positives and negatives to them. Right. And teach them through it. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I think whether, whether it's girls or boys, there's value in sticking to the game plan. There's also value in seeing opportunities outside of the game plan and taking advantage of those. Um, I can remember, and Rick, I'm just going to give this example. You may or may not remember this, but, when I was coaching in Indiana, I was still a fairly young coach at that point. I think Rick pulled me aside and kind of, we had a discussion. We, we had gotten to be good friends and, and close coaches. And, and he just kind of said, Hey, you know, maybe we give these guys a little leeway on offense and we're not quite so structured with it. Cause we were coaching. I mean, at, at that point we were coaching team of very, very talented kids and, and I think maybe at that point he saw the value in giving them a little more leash and letting them, I hate the word freelance and basketball because it's not really what it is, but, um, but, you know, I, I totally understand what you're saying. There's, there's value in, in both sides. So that's a great point. Um, Rick, I've never known you to be a harsh person or a harsh coach or a yeller or anything like that, but do you think harsh criticism can be more damaging to female athletes as opposed to male athletes? Um, I mean, to me, I think both, honestly, I mean, depending how the person goes at it, um, me, I've always told the truth and it may seem harsh to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never done it in a harsh way, but, uh, you know, I have told the truth if I felt like, you know, they weren't doing something they should be doing or, um, you know, things they need to work on or whatever, you know, like if they weren't playing enough or something like that, you know, I've, I've been truthful with them, but, uh, but I would think, I mean, knowing how I was too, like as a guy, I mean, I didn't care for the harsh criticism 
that the coach would give me right when he'd just really just kind of berate me and um so i think that's kind of what's made me the way i am Mm -hmm. you know i didn't want to do that to people so i think it it doesn't matter if it's girl or guy i think you know they don't care for it and it seems like today's player is a little more like that too or they don't care so much for it yeah yeah that i think you're right i think there definitely was a point in time maybe in days gone by where that kind of coaching was more prevalent and it was maybe more expected what we call we call it old school or whatever you want to call it but i think those days of of just being up in kids faces and and you know berating and stuff like that i think those are less common if you will than they used to be if i could uh, just interject one thing definitely um uh, the lord allowed us uh i took different people different years but five years in a row to the czech republic okay. to do a basketball camp and uh and like the parents and everything loved the way that we taught them because it was you know it was a lot of love we weren't berating them we were just, you know, come on, you know, you can do it, you know, whatever. And just kind of, you know, really encouraging to them, which I know as a coach, you know, that necessarily fit in all the time, but with them, you know, that's what we did. And uh, the parents loved it. And over those five years, uh, the people out there told us the coaching out there was changing hmm. as they saw the way we were and that it was working they were less berating because they used to just embarrass them basically. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, so it's just kind of neat to see how that changed that culture over there a little bit. So, and that's neat that you guys were able to do that and you probably never even had a conversation with them about that, but they were just able to see through your testimony and through your example of what you were doing, how that kind of shifted the culture there. So that's a, that's a great story, man. That's a great story. Um, Tim, studies have shown girls to be more emotion driven than boys. So when it comes to team building, do you think girls benefit more from boys? Uh, like in terms of activities outside of school, doing things together, maybe going to a movie or eating out and things like that. Do you think girls benefit more from that stuff than boys do? Again, I think it's 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 knowing your team. Um, there's some teams that I've coached over the years, and um, there's just an automatic closeness, um, and so there's an automatic uh, team building that has occurred. And uh, whether you're in practice for an hour and a half or you're on the weekend, they're they're to, they're together. Um, and and there's some teams that I've coached over the years, and uh, just doesn't have that dynamic or makeup. Uh, to it. So um, the importance of team building is crucial. Um, so I, I think it, it really depends on, on the team. And again, knowing your team, um, just to have a team building, just to do a, just to say you can, um, you got together, I don't think has the same effect. I think there, it has to be a purpose driven. Um, right, right. And so it's uh, depending on the, on the makeup of the team. Uh, and, and some years you may have to do it a little bit more. Uh, and some years it's just a naturalness to it. For, uh, and um, so I think that's, that's the way I always approach it as a coach is just, is feeling how the, how the players are reacting to each other and then, and then going from there. Yeah, that's good. That's, those are good comments. And there's probably a lot, there's probably a lot that plays into a lot of factors that play into that, you know, 
There could be personality types. There could be what kind of history that do the teams have together? Um, how long have they been playing together? You know, you and I have experienced the last couple of years, groups of kids that have been playing together for a long time. Uh, so that right there breeds itself to be maybe in nature more close and go ahead. And, and I will say you should never go a year without doing any team building. I think mm-hmm. it's crucial for um, the players and the parents to see you outside uh, the gym walls and, 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 and get to know you outside of just the X's and the O's. So uh, I think it's imperative to see them for you to see them at a restaurant uh, and just sitting and talking about other things. And then the next game coming up, um, but really, okay, what's going on in school, what's going on in life. Um, and uh, just building that relationship. So I, it would be wrong. I think not to have it some type of team building uh, to get to know your players uh, outside the walls. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. Rick, in your experience, do you think this statement is true? Male athletes may be more motivated to practice and learn new skills when their performances are compared to teammates. On the flip side, female athletes may respond best when their progress is charted against their own performance standards. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I don't. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think there's really any difference there too much, honestly. But um, but I know guys are. Uh, built a little different like i say just knowing how i was once again is what i'm going by uh and how they you know they try to sometimes you know feel like they got to show up somebody else so they get the playing time the the ladies don't seem that as much but uh but the ladies definitely the ones i've had especially in the last couple years definitely thrived on because different drills that i would do like different shooting drills or things like that I mean, they'd love to see how they were progressing as individuals. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there were some <laughs> ones that, you know, wanted to dominate the drill, you know, wanted to be the top dog. So, I mean, so there was, you know, that, which was good. I mean, it wasn't bad, you know, competition in that at all. Yeah. So, so yeah, I would think, you know, it, I, I don't think it really matters. I think it, kind of goes across to both you know uh, you know they'll want to kind of in a sense you know be better than the teammate if they can right and, and tim do you from your experience do you would you agree with that pretty much on your side or yeah it was interesting i was just talking to my my daughter a couple of weeks ago uh sort of about that uh, and i was explaining to her my senior year which was in 1999 um you know i hurt my team uh because i was so concerned about my stats um, and whether we won or lost was almost secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had my own individual goals that I wanted to achieve um, at, to the detriment of the team. And, and unfortunately, I didn't learn that till five, 10 years later. Looking back, it's like, man, I was selfish. Um, I've been blessed coaching girls that it, you know, they really put the team first, which has been awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about the team more than the individual. But I just know for myself, like you said, Rick, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, uh, W's that I missed out on because I was, I was a selfish player. Yeah, I know that those are good comments on both your parts. And I, I definitely see, I think I see with guys, um, 
And again, you guys have coached girls a lot more than I have, but I, I do see with guys that they, they seem a lot more motivated to beat the other guy. You know, I want to, I want to be top dog. Maybe it's just like an alpha male kind of thing. I'm not sure. Um, and I, and I see like, I've, I've come through practices and stuff when um, our volleyball coach is in and I see her charting a lot of things like girls progress. You know, you did this, you did this in this drill in this amount of time, the first time, can you beat yourself again? And, and, you know, I guess it, it could just be in the approach or, you know, what, what kids are expecting and stuff, but those are, those are good comments from both of you. So listen, the last, the last thing I want to talk about here is probably the most controversial thing um, that we'll talk about in this interview, but there's no question, both of you, and you guys know this, that there is a societal push for biological males who identify as females to be able to perform in female sports. As this trend advances, how will it impact female sports either positively or negatively? And Tim, let's have you go first. Yeah, I think um, obviously it's going to impact it, and I, and I and I believe in it in a negative uh, way. Um, and I know there's been there's a there's a lot of pushback happening at the state levels and the, and the local levels, and and uh, some are succeeding and some are not. Um, but uh, it will have a major impact, and uh, and I and I believe in it in a negative negative way. Um, and it's hard to reverse that once once it gets moving. Right, right. Rick, what are your thoughts on that? I used to tell people I was dreading the day when I walked in with my ladies. There were five guys on the other sideline. You know, <laughs> it was going to be like, ugh. Yep. I do believe in the last uh, couple, three years, like there were a couple teams that had like one Um and it was, I mean, it was just, I didn't like seeing it, of course, right. because I'm, I'm, I'm totally agree with Tim. It's just totally negative effect. I mean, cause we all know, you know, guys are built so much different biologically than girls. Mm -hmm. And, um, and to me, I mean, I mean, this goes a little beyond that, but, uh, you know, the reason why I love coaching the ladies is because the game is still so pure and the movement and the passing and all that is you know so much better um and if guys get involved it's gonna junk it up you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> and i don't want to see that i hear you loud but, uh, <laughs> but i definitely yeah believe it's gonna not have a great or even a good impact at all if that happens. Yeah. And I, I hope it doesn't. And I think if we interviewed a hundred girls, just my take on this is that a hundred girls would probably agree that this isn't gonna yeah. this is not gonna go anywhere good and they're not happy about it. Yeah. Well, especially at that level that you guys are at, because you know, if they're playing, you know, they're taking spots on the level I was just at away from mm -hmm. girls that deserve to be there, but I mean, what coach isn't going to go after somebody that's better? Right. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to, but, um, but I'm just saying most, you know, would do that and it would just be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is coming down the road where this is going to impact us, uh, on a personal level. I just read an article actually just a couple of days ago of a Christian school in Vermont who, uh, forfeited a tournament game because the, the opposing team, had a transgender athlete, uh, male playing on a female team. 
And I think that there are going to be more instances of that coming up. And if people don't start putting their foot down and saying enough is enough and we don't like this and people need to, you know, stay with what their biological assignment is, then uh, we're going to start seeing a lot more controversy, unfortunately. So anything you guys want to add to that before we kind of wrap things up here? Looks like a no. All right. Well, I, I can say one thing. Yeah, definitely. To Tim, to Tim, and well, and to you, Matt. Yeah. I mean, this is one thing that uh, Jordan told me one time. Uh, a, a lady coach that helped him at, at Milton Hershey. Mm. Yep. And she said, "Girls, girls need to feel good to play good. Guys need to play good to feel good." <laughs> That's awesome, man. That is so true. Yeah, that is so true. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, There's probably a lot of truth to that. But listen, I appreciate having you guys on here. And not just that, I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate the things we've been able to do together in in different times that we've worked together. Rick in the past, Tim now with you. Um, You guys just keep doing what you're doing. Keep coaching. Keep impacting young people's lives and uh, know that there are definitely rewards in heaven for you guys for doing so. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate you having us. Appreciate that. All right, guys, have a great day. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with coaches Rick and Tim. I'd like to leave you today with a quote by Mia Hamm. Mia is a former American professional soccer player, two-time Olympic gold medalist, and two-time FIFA Women's World Cup champion. Hailed as a soccer icon, she played as a forward for the United States Women's National Soccer Team from 1987 to 2004. Ham was the face of the Women's United Soccer Association, the first professional women's soccer league in the United States, where she played for the Washington Freedom from 2001 to 2003. The quote is this, My coach said I run like a girl, and I said if he ran a little faster, he could too. Good luck, coaches, and coach on.